So I played The Order 1886 for the first time recently as I continue my quest of playing all the PlayStation games that I never played and that really interested me back in the day when I was just an Xbox owner. I was always intrigued by the setting for this game. I'm a sucker for games centered around historical time periods, whether it's realistic or based in an alternate reality, and The Order really is an interesting game. The game itself is really good, but some decisions made by the developers led to a lot of criticism back then when it came out. From the reviews and other bits of information I've gathered since playing, it seems like the game is appreciated more today than it was back then, probably because the game does not cost $60 anymore. The plot and setting of this game stands alone in its own corner, which is really cool. It's something that we haven't seen before. The graphics are also pretty nice thanks to the cinematic approach the game is going for, whether you are in a cutscene or in a gunfight. However, the game suffers from a few drawbacks that are pretty heavy. The gameplay itself features simple run-of-the-mill third-person controls and movement. It doesn't do anything special or unique. There are quick-time events in the game, but they just feel bland because they are simple and outdated. But damn, the story was really engaging, it was very interesting, very creative, the voice acting was top-notch, I was a fan of all the characters in the story, and thanks to that, I wanted more. The game is better than most think, but the amount of wasted potential this game had still hurts today, even with the game being out for about 8 years now. Let's take a look back at this game today, and I'll tell you why I think it does deserve a sequel. The Order 1886 is a third-person action-adventure game that was developed by Ready at Dawn, and it was released back in 2015 on the PS4. The game is set, well, in 1886 in an alternate reality steampunk London. The game is centered around characters who are in the prestigious Knights of the Round Table. The goal of the organization is to keep the world safe from half-breeds, and these are humans who are also part werewolf and also maybe a vampire. They also battle rebels who go against the crown. Many think this game runs at 30 FPS due to the technical limitations back in time, eight years ago, but the developers purposely designed the game that way. The goal was to give the game a filmic look. I enjoyed the cinematic view of this game. The game isn't meant to be bright and shiny due to the theme. It's actually kind of creepy at times, especially when you're fighting these werewolves and looking for these vampires and whatnot. It's there are some horror elements in the game on purpose. It gets dark, it gets dingy, it gets, you know, you don't know what's in the shadows, and that's cool. I really like this unique take on the Knights of the Round Table. The Knights have been fighting the half-breeds since the days of King Arthur. The Knights themselves have lived through generations of history, and this is thanks to finding a mysterious liquid that they call Blackwater. Blackwater not only heals wounds, but it extends the lifespan for the knights who drink it. The knights not only have a magical drink to keep them alive, but they also have some great weaponry. Half of the arsenal is your typical pistols, shotguns, rifles, and machine guns for that time period, but there's also some alternate reality weapons created by the one and only Nikola Tesla. Those special guns include a thermite rifle, which can burn enemies. Then you have the arc lance, which features a Tesla coil that shoots electricity at enemies. Then there's the auto rifle that shoots regular bullets, but also features a second barrel that shoots a non-lethal blast of air to push back enemies. There's also some regular guns that feature some special designs for the knights, like fancier semi-automatic SMGs and rifles. My personal favorite is the coach gun, which is a shotgun with three barrels that fire at the same time. That gun is badass. So let's talk about the gameplay. Again, it's nothing really special, but it's enjoyable. I think the ratio between fighting and slow moments in the game, which I include cutscenes, walking around and there's dialogue between characters, or even a couple sneaky stealth parts, 
it's pretty even. Again, it's an action-adventure game with a heavy emphasis on the cinematic-slash-narrative storytelling elements. You will probably spend about three-fourths of this game fighting humans, and the other fourth in specific moments fighting the werewolves. You actually don't fight the vampires, but I'll explain more on that in a bit. So you are using weapons most of the time, you could pick up and switch through a decent amount of weapons in the game, which is really nice. The controls, again, are pretty good. It's your basic third-person movement and controls, but it's not clunky. You can hide behind cover, you could blind fire while in cover, or do your typical, you know, look up over a concrete wall and aim and shoot your targets. There's some melee combat in the game, not too much, you don't really run around with swords or bats. But there are some stealth moments in the game where you can't get caught, so it's important to successfully take out the enemies from behind. And to do that, you need to properly do a quick time event, which is basically just pressing the button at the right time. It's tedious because you have to do this for every stealth kill. There's some other quick time events that pop up during boss battles, but again, it's always the same thing. You're just button mashing. Despite the basic combat and overall gameplay, again, it's still fun. And honestly, I'd probably give the gameplay elements a B-plus grade, so it's still pretty solid. So back to the story, because here is where most of the criticism comes from. And let me give you a quick and simple summary of the game. You play as Sir Galahad, and you start the game fighting off rebels and hunting down half-breeds. Galahad and his fellow knights, basically his friends, go investigate the rebel stronghold. They discover a plot to assassinate Lord Hastings, who is a close friend of the Round Table. Galahad and the group stop the assassination on a huge United India Company airship, and Galahad's closest friend and mentor, Sir Percival, is killed in the battle. The rebels then attack the base of the knights. Galahad, who is fuming from the death of his friend, goes on the attack and he is determined to confront the rebel leader. During a confrontation, the rebel leader asks Galahad to join her in finding proof that the bad guys are actually the United India Company. So Galahad joins the rebel leader and they explore a warehouse owned by the company. There they discover big crates containing vampires. They decide to burn down the warehouse. Galahad returns to the knights to inform them of his discovery. However, his plea was downplayed by the group, especially since all the proof burned up. So then fellow knight Lucan sympathizes with Galahad and joins him in sneaking into the United India House HQ. There they run into the rebel leader, and as they search for proof, they find Lord Hastings in vampire form, and he's drinking the blood from one of the guys that tagged along with the group. And it turns out Lucan tricked Galahad into going to the HQ because he himself is a half-breed. Galahad is then arrested and sentenced to death. Then Galahad manages to escape prison. He ends up saving Nikola Tesla, who actually works with the Rebels as well. Galahad has one final confrontation then with Lucan and he defeats him. Then comes the Lord Chancellor, who's Lucan's dad, who then reveals the truth, that he saved Lucan after his family was killed for being half-breeds. The Chancellor lets Galahad leave after killing Lucan, but strips him of his knighthood and all the perks that come with it. And this is where the game ends. There's a quick post credit scene that shows Galahad on a rooftop talking to Tesla on the radio. Tesla tells him that he should leave London due to the city being under martial law. He reminds Tesla that he is Galahad no more. And that's how the game ends. Now you may be thinking that this story sounds like a lot, like this is a full game that is more than 7 hours long, but it's not. The game is split up into 16 chapters plus a prologue and an epilogue, which seems like a pretty lengthy game for $60 and would maybe take you at least maybe 15-20 hours, right? But it's not. 
And that's because quite a few of these chapters are actually just cutscenes. So one chapter will be an actual mission, then you go into the cutscene which follows up on the events that you just played through in that previous chapter, and then a few minutes later after watching that mini-movie segment, boom, the next chapter starts. So you could breeze through like three or four chapters in an hour because the game follows this formula throughout the entire time. The game is simply just too fast. It's an in-depth story that cuts out too much of the lore that could have been flushed out more. Like I said, these characters are awesome. The voice acting was superb, and just the background of all these characters, Galahad and, and his friends and the people that ended up being villains and the rebel leader, like, there's multiple factions and multiple people and multiple things at play. The story just runs through it all pretty quickly. And it's just sad because there's so much more to learn about this world and the characters and the setting and for whatever reason the developers decided to make this a very short game. It's a good game, the story and visuals are top notch. I mean, it looks pretty damn good for a game from 2015, shit, I think it looks better than Starfield at some moments at least. The developers defended their decision to make the game as is. They stressed quality over quantity, and that's always ideal. But again, they left so much meat on the bone, it's actually disappointing. Most people appreciated the game's production values, and that includes me. The game lost out on some well-deserved praise because of gameplay, length of story, and lack of replay value. And that is a damn shame, because both the story and the setting were awesome. Personally, I'd love to see a sequel or maybe even a prequel to this game. Just when the story got good, it ended. Like, just like that. I'd love to see Galahad attempt to redeem himself. Even a prequel would be cool. Let's go way back to the beginning and play as King Arthur or something like that. Back when the fighting began and when they discovered this Blackwater liquid. Sony has always been great with single player games and to me this one deserves another shot. Just emphasize a longer gameplay experience and approve upon that gameplay experience from the first game and then you're golden. Did you play The Order 1886? Did you like it? Let me know what you think, and if you think it deserves a sequel or a prequel. Thanks for checking out the video. As always, if you're new here, go check out the channel and consider subscribing. You can also find my content on podcasting platforms like Spotify if you'd rather just listen to the audio version when you're on the go. Just Google Analyze This Podcast and you will find me on a handful of platforms. You can also find me on X and TikTok, X at Analyze This underscore YT, and TikTok at Analyze This 54 underscore YT. Thanks again for watching or listening, and take care.